0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, April 13th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning, I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. E-15 announcement garners bipartisan backing. FDA Food and Nutrition Chief Defends Agency and Drought Worsens in Somalia. Bipartisan applause from Congress after Biden lifts E-15 restrictions. A rare moment of unity occurred in Washington yesterday. as Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle heap praise on President Joe Biden for allowing summertime sales of E-15. From Senate Minority Whip John Thune, a South Dakota Republican, to House Ag Committee Chair David Scott, the Georgia Democrat, Republicans and Democrats issued statements cheering the decision. Thune, who's been critical of Biden on biofuel, said the president is right to take this step, and Scott said the announcement from President Biden will have a great impact. Senator Tammy Duckworth, the Illinois Democrat, said she's, quote, glad President Biden heeded our call to help lower prices at the pump and that she hopes it remains permanent. Others, like Iowa Senators Chuck Grassley and Johnny Ernst, were more measured in their praise, framing the announcement as Biden reacting to months of criticism. In a joint statement, Grassley said he is, quote, glad President Biden is finally listening, and Ernst said at long last the president has relented. But be warned, the Biden administration insists that the reprieve is temporary and that electric vehicles remain central to his climate change efforts. And American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturer CEO Chet Thompson said the group supports relief at the pump, but an unlawful executive order is not how to solve the problem. Emergency fuel waivers are short-term and reserved for very specific unforeseen events and regionally acute supply disruptions such as those resulting from a hurricane. An additional three months of E-15 sales won't do anything to address high crude oil prices, and 98% of retail stations can't even sell the fuel. This is politics, not a real solution for drivers, Thompson said. Well, You can read more in the AgriPulse weekly newsletter on the E-15 decision, Cuba's burning desire to import U.S. agriculture products and EPA's plans to work through its pesticide registration backlog while minimizing harm to endangered species. Maine defends FDA food and nutrition work, offers water testing update. Susan Main, director of the Food and Drug Administration Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, said yesterday the agency is still combing through public comments surrounding a proposed change that would drop some water testing requirements for covered produce. Speaking at a webinar sponsored by the Alliance for a Stronger FDA, Maine said she could not comment on timelines, but that the agency is trying to ensure it considers all the public comments as it moves forward on the proposal. The proposed rule, which replaces previously proposed microbial testing requirements, still would require farmers to conduct pre-harvest agriculture water assessments once a year or whenever they suspect hazards have been introduced to produce. Agricultural water is a tough one, Maine said, We have to look at all the different ways that agriculture water is used across the entire food system. Maine defended uh, CFSAN in light of a recent political story uh, concluding that FDA is failing to meet American consumers' expectations on food safety and nutrition. I see a program that has gotten more done in the past seven years than probably any time in its history without having any significant increase in size and despite being under a deregulatory administration for four of those years and an ongoing global pandemic, Maine said. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson-Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson-Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson-Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost- Effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. FAO, Drought Worsens Hunger Crisis in Somalia. The number of people suffering catastrophic hunger in Somalia will surpass 6 million, about 38% of the population by June. That according to a new report from the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization. The crisis is a direct impact of worsening drought in the Horn of Africa region. That according to the agency, which is calling for more international food aid. The only way to prevent a catastrophic food crisis from breaking and driving rural displacement is to act now at scale to enable farmers and pastoralists to feed their families, keep life-sustaining animals watered, healthy and productive, and avoid selling off other key productive assets to pay for their next meal, said FAO Director of Emergencies Rain Paulson. EDGE Co-op presses for new market access in Biden Indo-Pacific plan. The EDGE Dairy Farmer Cooperative is the latest voice demanding that the Biden administration include deals for new market access as it negotiates its Indo-Pacific economic framework the ipef greater market access for u.s dairy exports means more to the industry now than ever edge said and comments submitted to the office of the u.s trade representative exports are essential for balance of the u.s milk supply and demand growth of the industry and the end of the day the dairy farmers milk checks With growing global demand for dairy products, notably across the Indo-Pacific region, it is also reasonable that the U.S. seek to tackle the lowest barrier to entry, market access. Lawmakers used hearings in the House and Senate last month to demand that the U.S. Trade Representative, Catherine Tai, negotiate new tariff-slashing market access terms in the IPEF, but she said, that was not a part of the plan. Ty explained at a Senate hearing last month that while the IPEF will not have the kind of market access provisions found in free trade agreements, it will, quote, enhance our access to foreign markets. Weeds bedeviling Midwest soybean growers. New research from USDA's Agriculture Research Service and the University of Illinois shows that as the climate continues to change, soybean farmers in the Midwest may need new strategies to keep weeds at bay. Lead author Christopher Lando, a postdoctoral research assistant at ARS, found variable weather conditions can have big impacts. For example, he says... Even with herbicides offering decent weed control, drought conditions during the plant's reproductive stage can be devastating. Having really high temperatures during that same time led to relatively high yield losses as well, like 25 to 26 percent yield losses, he said. Over the long term, Lando says herbicides alone won't be enough to control weeds. He says new technologies like electric robots that manually pick weeds and harvest systems that grind weed seeds to reduce their prevalence in the soil may help. Farmers also can adjust their planting date or choose different seed. He said in central Illinois, choosing a maturity group slightly higher than the generally recommended one helped the soybean plants outcompete the weeds. The paper, Deteriorating Weed Control and Variable Weather Portends Greater Soybean Yield Losses in the Future, appears in the journal Science of the Total Environment. Lando says the next step is to expand the study across the Midwest and into corn as well as soybeans. Here's today's He Said It. This is an industry with a tremendous future. You simply can't get to net zero by 2050 without biofuels. That, President Joe Biden in Menlo, Iowa, yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, April 13th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Chap Malley.